Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, White Sox fans. My name is Brett Valentini, and somehow I host a podcast about the White Sox minor league system. This one is the Southside Sox down on the forum podcast number 20 and it is dedicated fully to the birmingham barons one team this year we can feel pretty good about by the end even they left a bit of a bitter taste in the mouth but uh with me is darren black who covers the miners very extensively for us does all the weekly updates monthly updates tons of nightly updates at the man, he's, he's simply crazy. Look, he's wearing an old Canapolis hat. That's how crazy he is. Uh, but he's with me here to talk through Birmingham, a team that finished 62 and 56. As Darren always points out, winning the division, as if that meant anything this year, because if not, they were the third of eight teams in their South division, I believe, of AA, plus 53 run differential. Not great, which tells you this, you know, I mean, not particularly great, which tells you this team knew how to scrape together wins and what i like to see him from justin jershell is how aggressive he is as a manager especially on the base paths for better or worse he seems to be uh, you know manager just goes after it uh the birmingham barons were in position to clinch a playoff position i think all they needed was one win against the montgomery biscuits in the last six game series the mother nature did not do them any favors however they did not do themselves any favors because they did not win at all during no. the series. And that nope. is usually not going to get you in the playoffs. And in this case, <laughs> it did not get them in the playoffs. Darren, I will ask again, just so we can compare notes. And I know this one's not going to sync up. Do you agree with the Southside Sox readers and voters for the MVP of the Birmingham Barons? Who is your MVP for the Birmingham Barons for 2021? Well, it, I mean, it should be Romy Gonzalez. Is it not? Is not based on the votes. 
Our friend, staunch conservative Jameson Fisher is the voting. Oh. And in part, that's because he, you know, I mean, he never moved from Birmingham. That helps, right? You get to play like you know, however many games, probably played a hundred games for the Barons this year. Anyway, Jameson Fisher, your readership, Barons MVP. Darren's angry. Darren is going to give somebody a talking to reading and listening and watching this. All right. James and Fisher aside, because we don't care. He can do the splits at first base. Don't particularly care for his tweets. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's, a, he's an organizational guy, whatever. Um, there were, as you acknowledged, some very exciting and talented players coming through Birmingham. Cade McClure had, uh, you know, he sort of uh, uh, made his bacon with Birmingham, not really with Charlotte. Uh, and he used his great Birmingham uh, experience uh, combined with the retirement and trades of other pitchers to become the Southside Sox Pitcher of the Year for 2021. Um, but, you know, there are some other names. Of course, you mentioned uh, Romy Gonzalez. Uh, Carlos Perez had a very, uh, seemingly a very strong year uh, catch- catching there, uh, made it to Charlotte at the end of the season. And apparently, who knows, he might be the great hope for catching in the organization. Now, I don't know. We can talk a little bit about Carlos. But uh, uh, I guess let's address uh, uh, Romy Gonzalez first because uh, you're not going to see many stories like that uh, in any organization. Yeah, no, if not for Jake Berger's uh, breakout not playing since 2017, the most surprising player definitely would have been Romy Gonzalez. Um, I mean, he went from double A to the majors on a team that was that won the division that didn't really need him around. He forced the issue uh, to get up there. He finished double uh, A with a 136 WRC plus, so 36% better than most or uh, the average double A guy. He hit 20 homers with the Birmingham Barons, which is basically unheard of. Um, and he also stole 20 bases too. So he was just kind of doing it all and also playing everywhere, um, kind of becoming a Leary Garcia of the, of the minor league system. Um, and maybe he's the Leary Garcia of the White Sox next year. Um, Cause he definitely yeah. kind of proved that he maybe should be up there with the power that he showed um, and maybe not uh breathtaking speed but at least the base running aptitude to get mm-hmm. 20 stolen bases mm-hmm. um in in a league like that um he yeah there's nothing to say about good things about his year um the power was obviously awesome he walked a lot more than um than he normally did uh, he still strikes out a decent amount but that's kind of just really every player uh, about this time except for a few um and i guess we can touch on yulbert sanchez later who's one of the few players who doesn't really uh, strike out a lot, but he was definitely, definitely the surprise. Um, and my MVP, mm-hmm. the Birmingham. There you go. The true MVP. Come on, <laughs> go to the expert. Well, let's shift right to Gilbert Sanchez because he's a guy, uh, who also played in multiple levels this year, uh, surprised with the bat. Uh, and a guy who now has fashioned himself as perhaps the next of this crop of, of hitters period, and certainly infielders to perhaps approach the major leagues as soon as uh, 2022. Uh, uh, tell us about his season. Yep. So started in Winston-Salem. Um, he is older, so I was uh, fairly surprised that he was starting there. He's 24. He also got a big bonus, um, but he was also in that situation of not really playing a ton uh, like prior to being signed just because he was immigrating, which takes some time Yeah. Um, and takes some time away from baseball. Um, so we kind of started out lower. Uh, he actually didn't do like particularly amazing there. He just kind of kept doing his thing of always getting contact, not really walking a ton, not striking out a ton, uh, but he was just getting contact. And then when he came up to double A, 
he added a bit more power, but the Babbitt went up. And it's not just because he was getting lucky. He was pulling the ball a bit more, centering the ball up a bit more. So he was just getting harder contact in general. And you can also go look at his extra base numbers and see they also went up compared to his low A numbers. Um, but yeah, he just uh, kind of, it was kind of concerning to see him not kind of take single A by storm, but he kind of got promoted just because of his age. And then he actually did awesome. Awesome enough that he's now in the Arizona Fall League and actually deserving to be in the Arizona Fall League instead of just kind of, hey, uh, let's see if you're still good, kind of, a, kind of a vibe that they do with some people sometimes. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned um, that. I, I was going to say the fact that he almost was forced to be promoted. Like you said, you're surprised he even started where he did. Um, that tells you, oh, geez, the, 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 the shine is off this guy. And then he takes that almost, almost a promotion as like a wake-up call and – and really hits the afterburners. Uh, you can't help but walk away and be pretty impressed with this guy based on what he did after the promotion, which he like sort of didn't deserve. Yeah. And if you're getting promoted and doing better, even if you're doing awesome, like Romy Gonzalez was in double A and he, he got promoted to triple A and was even better. So yeah. he got promoted again. And that's kind of just how that goes. If you keep proving that uh, the level that you're at, you shouldn't be the level level that you're at. And you're going to keep moving up. Um, I'm not sure if Gilbert Sanchez is going to start in double A AA or triple A next year, uh, but he's definitely someone that should be considered a guy that will be on the South side eventually, whether it's just because of a necessity, like a lot of the outfielders were mm-hmm. this season, um, or if he forces the issue because mm-hmm. they don't have a second baseman right now, quite frankly. So no, they do not. No, they do not. But those that's a different podcast, Darren. And you're going yeah, to be welcome yeah, yeah, to yeah. join that one as well, because I think that's going to be a different podcasts over the course <laughs> of the next few weeks and months. Uh, okay, the other guy who really stood out to me, and I think I referred to him, um, and I, I'm curious to know you know your thoughts about him, because he's just sort of hung around and been productive this year. Uh, and got sort of the courtesy promotion to Charlotte. Yeah, and that's Carlos Perez. He's a guy who was sort of the fourth catcher. I want to say he's been that maybe for a couple of years in spring training, I guess. You can't really count 2020, so strange. But um, he sort of had that, I don't know, like courtesy, just extra guy thing. But still, it's somebody that they're, you know, they're not going to give it to just a guy off the street. Uh, and he seemed to really uh, uh, step things up, if not step things up, just continue to play at a, a, a pretty good level at double A, Every reason to believe that at Charlotte, he might be able to to duplicate that next year. Uh, tell me about Perez, and, and does he have any sort of ceiling that can get him to the White Sox? Yeah, so in well, in terms of ceiling that can get him to the White Sox, it's just basically that there are two catchers that they thought could back up Yasmani are not as uh, good as... <laughs> yeah, that's think. a trick question, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're both good at different things and not, you know, whatever, <laughs> different podcasts, different podcasts. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, he kind of bucks the trend of uh, not really striking out often. It's just kind of just above 10% this year and it's usually pretty low. So he's, it's not like this year was some uh, 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 kind of weird year where he wasn't striking out a ton. He also doesn't walk a lot. So definitely much different than Sebi Zavala and Zach Collins in in terms of plate approach, much more contact oriented. The power, it's it's fine for a catcher. At least it wasn't double A. Historically, it hasn't been that great. Um, But I mean, just seeing him improve offensively for the kind of the first time in a long time, especially at double A is really a good thing to see. 
Um, he was basically just an average hitter there. So you could kind of keep that in the back of your mind uh, when thinking about, you know, his future prospects as a major league baseball player that he was basically an average hitter at double A. Uh, but I've generally heard like fine things about his defense. It's not like people have been historically complaining about Zach Collins' defense ever since he was drafted. That's not the case with Carlos Perez, at least. Mm -hmm. um, and he's stuck around at rookie balls for a long time and has kind of shot up the system lately. Um, but again, the White Sox system with catchers is very uh, uh, not great. <laughs> yeah, there's that different podcast we're talking about. Hey, Darren, I counted up about um, 34 guys, 31 of whom are still on the team, who sort of made a cut as like standouts in the system this year. And that's based on our MVP votes, which I know is not science. Okay, fine. Jameson Fisher proves that, but Jameson Fisher still would at least warrant like, okay, he had a standout season. Yeah. He did well this he season. The two guys that sort of ended up not really standing out with any one squad um, sort of fall or they ended up in Birmingham. And I just want to touch on them quickly. Um, and that's a Jagger Rusconi who, who had a ridiculous climb like Roman Gonzalez, given the fact that he, Rusconi started in, Arizona, I think he made it all the way up to double A. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know what his story is. And uh, our favorite guy who can't seem to catch or throw the ball, Gunnar Troutwine, who at least seems to know how to take a walk and hit the heck out of the ball. So I don't know. Maybe he's just a, a DH, you know, with a bullet. I don't know. But uh, those are two guys I want to uh, touch on, and you can dismiss them quickly if you want. And then I, I do also need to talk about whether there's really any pitching of note. Certainly starting, I'm not sure there is. I guess in the bullpen, there uh, th there is. So uh, let's try to uh, uh, sweep up the rest of the cutting room floor and see who else there is to discuss on the Birmingham Barons. Yeah. Uh, so the two guys you mentioned, uh, Rusconi is basically like a, a second base outfielder type guy. Um, I, I would categorize him just mainly as an org guy. Um, I'm not sure he has much of a future. He did do well mm -hmm. this year, but it looked like it was really Babbitt based. Um, like not just Gilbert Sanchez, like pulling the ball more like a 360 Babbitt. It was over 400 uh, for his time uh, kind of in really all over the place. Um, but it was mostly, it was mostly he was taking over spots for injured guys whenever he was there. And the Sox do that with catchers most often. Mm -hmm. um, Gunnar Troutwine, he, he's interesting in, in the fact that he could be kind of a, I'm not sure if he's ever going to move to first base or, or what, but I think the general consensus is, is that he's not really a catcher, but he has a decent bat. Um, and we'll just kind of have to see where that eventually goes. Um, the Sox have always had a lot of those guys and most of the time they don't really work out. Uh, they have two of those guys at AAA MLB with your mean Mercedes and a Zach Collins right now. Um, but Gunnar Trotwine, I would say is definitely a guy to just kind of keep in the back of your mind. Uh, cause if his bat, it keeps on improving, like it has been, that could be pretty big, mm -hmm. um, eventually. Cause he also has fine pop, not a lot, but decent, mm -hmm. um, uh also got to talk about Mike Rodolfo. He was mostly in double A, uh, also went up to triple A. He this was the biggest power surge he's ever had. He just might not be on the team next year in any capacity, whether in the farm system or majors. Uh, but he hit the crap out of the ball whenever he came near the zone uh, with an ISO uh, at 270 in double A AA and triple A. And that was very, very, very impressive. Um, 
on on the pitching side. Uh, after <laughs> after Connor Spokington <laughs> left, yeah, it was Cade McClure, and then Cade McClure left, and then and then and then and then uh, Jason Jason B Jason Below <laughs> yeah, right. he got a very early promotion, yeah. an actual well deserved promotion. Yeah. Um, but he just came up and just was not good as a starting pitcher in double A whatsoever. Um, as I've written in here, it might even gotten gotten to the point where he just has to go to the bullpen, which I, mm-hmm. which I thought that he might eventually, he just did so well at Winston-Salem starting that I was just hoping that hopefully right. he could turn it around. Um, but he just, yeah, he, he got hit a ton batting average against was 276 and that's a very good batting average for a hitter and <laughs> and there's supposed to be a bit better when you're a pitcher when the main goal is to get out yeah um and he just he, he wasn't getting the amount of outs that you need uh is is uh are there any guys that we didn't mention or maybe that we did mention who you're most who you're most surprised by with birmingham this year um, I guess I still got a, I could cheat and say Jose Rodriguez because of the last week of the season. But that I would be not. cheating. I'll save him, I'll save him for later. Um, <laughs> uh, I honestly, the, the way that Yolki Cespedes kind of finished the year there still being an above average hitter, uh, even though it was mostly based off of his first, uh, like two, three weeks there. Um, just all that he went through from 2019 to getting to 2021 and just do, having a good season overall. And now he's in the Arizona fall league. Um, though that is mostly to get him more at bat. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't finish double a particularly well, but still finished it a slightly above average showed good pop was stealing a lot of bases. Um, so he just kind of affirmed the mm-hmm. bonus that the Sox gave him and affirmed the hype that he deserves. Um, and we'll have to see if he keeps the ground running next year. Uh, Cause I mean, he just, ha- he hasn't played a ton. So there's a lot to, for him to just kind of fine tune um, in this next few years. Yeah. When we don't know a guy, it's easy. You know, some, some fans are going to get caught up in the hype and say, Oh yeah, he's going to be in the majors in 2022. And there's some folks who are like, well, un- until I see him, you know, do X, Y, Z, uh, I'm not even going to consider him in my like, you know, top prospects. Um, and it's nice to know that he, uh, okay, you don't have to be Luis Robert to still yeah. <laughs> pretty much meet the hype. And, you know, I, I think it's safe to say that Cespedes has done that. And again, that doesn't necessarily put him in the opening day lineup next year, no, uh, no, but it no. gets him, you know, basically right where you want him to be. And uh, probably even on the aggressive side, no injury issues, you know, I mean, just, you know, uh, yeah. probably as good as you could have hoped. And that's great. We need more as good as we could have hoped guys. Cause there's like, well, you can definitely count them on just one hand and other organizations have like entire rosters full of them. So, uh, you know, we're not going to be too, too choosy with the white Sox Cause it was a rough year. All right. Well, um, that was the one good team that we just talked about. It's funny. <laughs> the tone doesn't necessarily change from good to bad team, but that was it. Uh, Birmingham Barons. Uh, thanks to, uh, the head honcho there. Uh, Jonathan Nelson, who uh, is a friend of the site, certainly uh, Jake Mastriani helps us out with uh, some stuff, did some features, did uh, he did the feature that basically set uh, Romy Gonzalez on his way because we published that and like a day later he was promoted and, you know, by the end of the year, he's with the White Sox. So nice touch, uh, Jake. Well done there. Uh, and uh, well, you know, let's go get him next year. How about all the rest of the teams act like Birmingham next year? That'd be nice. We could talk about more yeah. winning baseball. Then you can tell me, Brett, be. you idiot, stop talking about the White Sox having a winning minor league organization. It doesn't matter who cares. 
Uh, but I'd like, I'd still welcome that discussion. Okay, Darren, uh, that is Southside Sox on the farm, Birmingham Barons Review. It's podcast 20. I have a feeling another one's coming up real, real uh, <laughs> soon. So listeners, readers, uh, stay tuned. I think in a couple of days, there's going to be yet another one uh, in this series.